people, this is Mind Fuel. This is me, KJ, Mind Focus Discipline with my host, Chet. How are we? Morning, how you doing? Yes, we are good. We've got a special guest in the house. Would you like to introduce yourself, buddy? Hello, uh, I'm Jay. Uh, I'm 20. Yes. And yeah, Chet's my uncle-ish. Ish. So. Let's not talk, there's no connection, <laughs> mate. No <laughs> relation. We don't know him. We don't know him. <laughs> there's no genetics. He just, he just picked me off the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, today we're going to be talking about the alternative path. A few people in life tend to want to choose the alternative alternative path. All the cars are going in one direction, like maybe 20 cars. What are the chances of you seeing another car saying, hold on, I need to go the other direction because maybe where all these cars are going is not good. So a few people can actually do that. And uh, that's the whole reason why you're here. So would you like to tell us about your journey as a person? I know, introduce yourself to the audience and stuff. So um, I did the typical path up until about 18 where I did school, yeah. did A-levels because that was the route I was sort of pushed down. Yeah. But then at that point when I turned 18, yeah. I started to sort of think for myself rather than having others think for me. Okay. And at the beginning, when you're 18 and you're doing A-levels, the obvious route is university. It's yeah. the route that's constantly pushed on you. Of course. And why else would you be doing A-levels at that point sort of thing? So at the end of my A-levels, I made a decision not to go to university yeah. and instead do an apprenticeship okay. in a finance firm. So while well, all my friends went off to university, I stayed in Leicester yeah. and um, worked in a finance firm. Okay. And then I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a thought, thinking, well, this isn't really for me. Yeah. About one one year in, but I didn't want to chuck it all in instantly. Of so course. I thought about how, what am I going to do to like sort of get out of this, but amicably. So then I decided to go travelling for a little bit for about just under two months to okay. South America. Okay. My dad, my family in general weren't best pleased with that because South America. <laughs> isn't known to be the safest continent. No. But it looked fun. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and dangerous. And dangerous. So I thought, you know I, what? I love Let's that. do it. It, it. it did look fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I, the main reason I wanted to actually leave the job was because I didn't feel politically and morally right working in finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to go into something I thought was a bit more me, and yeah. so I'm studying anthropology at university, okay. starting September. Can you tell the listeners what the hell that is? Yeah. Anthropology, you, yes. anthropology <laughs> is the study of humans, yeah. and it's classed often as the most humanistic science and the most scientific humanity. Okay. So it's a mixture of science and sociology slash philosophy slash psychology. Okay. Okay, so from your experience, uh, talk about human behaviour, what did you experience in South America compared to us as Europeans? What was was the biggest change? The difference was stark. I did not feel threatened in that country, in any of them countries whatsoever. I felt like everyone was doing their own thing and everyone was very friendly. And at not one point, I did not feel like I was going to be mugged or anything like that. What makes them different to us then? You talk about human behaviour? I feel like they're more in touch with the world around them. Okay. Because there's less technology out there, much less technology, so they have to rely on each other rather than on their mm-hmm. phones and that sort of thing. So yeah. it makes them be quite social and also really adapt to 
them sort of areas that they live in. So they adapt to the environment around them. So they eat and drink the things which are grown around them. Yeah, you precisely that. Yeah. They're very sustainable. They eat alpaca a lot, which sounds a bit weird, but the yeah. way they actually farm them is really good because they only have herds of 10. Okay. And then they use the fur to create clothing, which they then mm. sell. And then they use the meat when they're old enough to do it. And it's it's really nice to see that they're not being overcrowded and they're being treated as yeah. animals. They're like living creatures. Okay. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And I feel like, obviously, us being in the West, there's a disconnection in terms of uh, as being social with each other. Anymore. Completely. We, we, we use our phones as an excuse to not um, connect with other people because we think we've got all the information we need. Mm-hmm. So why would I need to ask you the time? Because remember back in the day, asking someone time, time was, a was a icebreaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Asking someone directions was an icebreaker. But someone will look at you and say, in this day and age, are you telling me you don't have, you don't have Google Maps, you don't have a watch, you don't have, your phones were everything in yeah. essence. But people in the West actually, especially in the UK, in some areas where it's corporate world, everyone's like suit and tie, you know, tradition, yeah. trying to chase our paper. They're the most depressed people. 100% agree. Yeah, because it's like, it's like you going against yourself for years and years and years and years, stuffing yourself, saying, no, this is not who I am, I'm this. But in reality, you're not that. Exactly. But picking the alternative path, you know, yeah. obviously we just talk with Jay, is there's a smooth road and there's a bumpy road. Of course. And for me, the, the growth comes from the bumpy road. Yeah. You know, it's a difficult road. You might even fall over and graze yourself, but yeah. that is where the true learnings or personal growth comes from. Yeah. That's where your self-confidence, self-esteem, you know. Jay, how old are you, Jay? 20. 20 years old. He's wow. just traveled to, you know, Amazon rainforest, Galapagos Islands, Machu Picchu, you know, it's phenomenal at his age to do something so crazy. You know, I spoke to his father about two weeks ago and feeling how worried he was about, but guess what? He's not realizing, I was trying to comfort him because at 21, I did a similar journey. Mm. And I comforted him, said, guess what? At 21, you, you think, you realize how much you'll grow. He's more independent and confident than you think. You've just yeah. baby cuddled him. But when you <laughs> chuck him on the outside world, there's two things, the sink or swim. Of course, that's okay? true. And he swam, because guess what? If he rang you up every day and say, oh dad, I'm short of this and short of that, you know he ain't gonna survive. Yeah. But he's a fighter. He, and it's something what I wanna try and share with the listeners is Jay's always picked alternative paths. and. I resonate with Jay because I've always picked the alternative paths, you know. I got tattoos done when I was 18, yeah. piercings when I was yeah. 16, <laughs> you know. I went traveling around the world when I was 21. You know, I took six months out of my life. When all the kids were going to university, I wanted to travel because I wanted to expose myself to the world. I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And what, what can you share with the listeners about picking an alternative path? You know, what is the learnings from that? The initial, the initial thing about picking the alternative path is that it, it looks scary because mm. there's no one on that path. You've got no one to work off of and yeah. you've got, you're on your own really. Mm-hmm. So doing something like that, making the jump originally is, is incredibly hard and the only way to do it is by chucking yourself in the deep end and just saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do it because I want to do it. And then learning, as soon as you're on there, you have to learn because if you don't learn, you're not going to survive. You're not going to be able to thrive in that situation. And it is so character building to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Can I, can I share something about the fear? So when I went out there, I went by myself, same as you, yeah. Jay. And I met some phenomenal people. Yeah. And everyone always said to me, oh, you went by yourself. Oh, it must be really lonely. 
guess what? When I was out there, yeah. I wanted time for myself. Because when you go into the hostels and you meet, you're with people constantly. I used to lie to people to just get away and sit on the beach by myself. Because you're always around people. So, Jay, can you share your experience regarding going somewhere and just meeting lots of people, you know? Yeah, you meet some phenomenal people, as you say, like yeah. out of this world. And that's what I love about traveling. That's right. So, when I was in Bolivia, yeah. there was no internet connection, no data, no Wi-Fi, nothing of for course. four days. And we were in a car, it was me, a driver who didn't speak a word of English, okay. three Australians and this couple from England, and it was the best car journey I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Those four days were amazing because nobody was on their phone, Of course, everyone was sharing their life stories, yeah. and it's, it was crazy to hear these people's life stories so yeah. far and exactly what they've been through, yeah. how they've got to where they've got to, and you realise that you know, there are very interesting people out there. Yeah. You just need to actually look for them and you need to be open to them. Of course. And so, yeah, so like the Australians, yeah. they're all surfers, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. They've done loads of traveling around Asia and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. And the degree they were doing was to do with a bit of conservation and yeah. they're trying to get tourists to be less touristy and stop trashing places. <laughs> yeah. They're like, the earth is like this one world stop ruining everything for yeah. no reason. Yeah. And it was just, and then uh, the couple, the English couple, they yeah. both worked in finance and they decided to uh, yeah. just say, no, we've had enough of this. And How interesting. It was really nice to see that they were still in their 30s yeah. and they had a mortgage and everything and they still just said, you know what, we've had enough yeah. of this and we're going to go do something we've been wanting to do for years and years now. Wow. I think that's a great thing. Something regarding travelling. You know, people do holidays, and I don't use the word holidays, it's about travelling. So for me, in the last, I think, seven, eight holidays, we're trying to be more sustainable. Yeah. So the question is of donating clothes. So for us, my simple philosophy is, if you're going to go with some heavy weight from the UK, add value to the place that you're going. Of course. So leave all your stuff there. So, you know, for us, at the end of your hotel trip, put all your... Uh, shampoos, conditioners, and you will find someone. Give it to the maid, give it to the homeless, give it to someone else, do not bring it back. Usually when I go on holiday, I take all my old t-shirts and shorts yeah. and just leave them there. You know, when we went to Brazil on April, we I think we traveled with 65 kgs, we came back with 20. That's what it's about, it's about adding no. value. So we left school books there, we took some old clothing. My wife's going to India at the end of the year, we're already packing like jumpers and t-shirts, everything. So it's almost like you need to be sustainable by adding value. Of course. And you should be adding value to the place you're going. So leave all your great things from the Western world and give it to the, I don't want to even call it a third world, to another world. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, since you're young and you've traveled and realizing that there's so many people out there that have got so many life experiences i mean what the, what has that done for you when you've come back like you've come back seeing people who actually are functioning without the internet yeah. but then they are so happy and they love each other and they do stuff for each other yeah and when you came back here what was the first thing that just jumped out mm -hmm. on you what was the first thing you know it's like wow there's a real difference from what, what the way strangers will look at you and yeah. the way strangers will treat you. Yeah. Like I've been back in Leicester for three days or so okay. and I've already been like threatened once or twice by people and I didn't have that for two months and I was just like all I was doing was walking down the street. Yeah. And people just for some reason seem to get very angry about very small things. Yeah. And they let it out on you and they don't realise that 
you know, you are a person, you've yeah. got feelings and whatnot, and it's not a normal thing to just get angry at random people yeah. because you're in their way when they're on their bike. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? Do you know what? Is it, is it true? This is what people don't want to realise and, and, and be honest and say. The reason why people are angry to some degree is that we are so wrapped up in ourselves. Oh, completely. You are the centre of the world. You are the centre of your own reality. And you are so self, self-sufficient self that everything has to do about you. Yeah. And because it lands so much on you, as humans, we're never created for that. That's why we've got communities. Yes. So we said, oh, we need communities. We build cities. Cities were a place of refuge. That's why they were called cities. And then so happened people were trading in cities. So happened people started building in cities. But then people now, after building on the concept of we need each other to yeah. grow, now we're saying, oh, we need to dissociate from that concept. And I think for that reason, that's why people are not really happy, yeah. to be honest. And I, for me, my question is, if someone wants to travel the world, we, we, we talk to so many people, they want to travel, but they want to travel in all-inclusive. That's, that's the normal path. The alternative part is, you know what, you're going to have to meet the indigenous people. Airbnb, bookings.com, hostels, Hostels, tree huts. You know, you could stay, I've stayed in some crazy ass places. I've stayed on like someone's couch, some Thai guy's couch (laughs) for about a week, for a pound a day, you know. But they are the moments and they're the experiences. They are definitely the experiences. All inclusive, you don't get the experience that everyone else would get. But right now, I feel that in 2019, you know, I've always had the traveling bug because I really love this world. It's an amazing place. Where now, a lot of people have accelerated the traveling. You know, back in when I was young, very few people traveled. Where now it's become more convenient. It's great, you know, especially with EasyJet and all these cheap airlines. You get out very quickly. But they're not exposing yourself to true growth and true experience. That's right. Everyone's going to safe. Yes. So going into these resorts, great swimming pool. You know, when I hear the experiences, they had seven restaurants and four swimming pools. Right. Did you go to yeah. all the seven restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> no. But the question is, it's no point going to Turkey or wherever you're going, you know, and not exposing yourself to the real culture, taking up where the locals eat, what they're experiencing, what is their minimum wage, what's their lifestyle, you know. You need to ask all these questions so you understand what their lifestyle is, you know. Jay is talking about, you know, the eating different types of meat, but he's understood that it's acceptable because it's sustainable and it makes sense, you know? Uh, whereas an, a European person would be like, no, that's weird. Yeah, completely. Of course. And, and, and most people in, in this side, they don't want to broaden their experience. Yeah. So some people live in a bubble where it's, it's, it's the UK against the world. Like, we are the epiphany. You know, of everything, like everything we do is like the highest point of human civilization. Yeah, we're the benchmark. So when they go to another place, of course, people are not going to speak English. So can can you please try to be considerate? I've I've, I've heard of stories where people go to places where maybe in Thailand or even in Spain, this is a Spanish full restaurant, but you want to have full English. So why did you come on holiday in the first place? <laughs> it's when people complain when they're abroad yeah. saying not enough people speaking. <laughs> you just say, you know you're not in England, right? Like there is no reason why people have to speak English over here. Like, exactly. So you see what I mean? It's, it's about you. It's about I. Hmm. You are more important than really everyone else. Yeah. 
and I think that's the world we live in and it's actually crippling people but people we're feeding this we're feeding yeah, this whole completely. cycle through social media through us validating people mm. who've got opinions yeah than reality to be honest and it's difficult because people like jay mm. is they're stereotyped because obviously he's not rewarded for this phenomenal no. experience no it's better off if you went to dubai and went to new york and put mm. some nice instagram pictures <sighs> Tell me about and it. he would be more rewarded wow you went wow, here whereas because because he picked the alternative path and people don't know about amazon rainforest or machu picchu or galapagos islands and the reason why he went there for the ecology mm-hmm. people don't understand it and that's because he's not rewarding that people will be more rewarded if you went to bora bora mauritius maldives bar someone said the other day oh you should go bali uh, bali is great yeah really and why did you go there because instagram told you yeah. so stop following instagram <laughs> yeah and go somewhere where you're connected and that is for me uh, traveling is where you're connected to certain people yeah. so i want to share a great story is i went to brazil do you know why because my when I was 14, my geography teacher said I wouldn't be able to go to Brazil to Itapu Dam, which is near Iguaçu Waterfalls. Mm-hmm. And I read it in a book when I was 14 years old, and some teacher said to me, you'll never see it. When I was 18, sorry, when I was 21, mm-hmm. I went to see it. Yeah. And I had a purpose, and guess what? When I sat on this stupid dam by myself, because it's not a tourist destination, <laughs> I felt great. Yeah. And I felt the happiest person in the world. Yeah. And that shows purpose. So think about your past, think about your history, Think about where you had that connection. Of course. Yeah? People weren't programmed to go Disney World. People weren't go, made to go to Harry Potter World. You know, at the end of the day, I, I don't mm. get when people get that. I wanted to go there. No, they didn't. No. The kids have never dreamt about going to Disney World. You wanted to go yeah, there. Yeah, you want to go there. You want to go I will there. never take my kids to Disney World no. because that's pre-programmed. And that's not the way it is. So, Jay, how do you encourage more people to pick the alternative route regarding travel? So like an example I'll give is like Machu Picchu, there's, there's yeah. four ways you can get there. There's a bus, a train, the Inca Trail and the Salpintar Trail. And that's, uh, so the bus and train are pretty simple. Yeah. You literally just pay $30, you get on a train, you mm-hmm. get there, you come back. The Inca Trail is a four day trek and it's not that difficult. There's it's a pretty straight path and it's quite historical, but not yeah. much of a challenge. Mm. The Salkantai Trail, my lord, that is an absolute struggle. So it's five days of trekking through jungles, through mountains, through just crazy, crazy conditions. Yeah. And at one point you get to about 4,600 meters high. Like the altitude, altitude gets, yeah. the altitude is absurd. You, about, 4,000 meters up, you can't breathe very much. Mm. So everything becomes so much more difficult and it's cold and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But the thing with that path is that everything else doesn't have is the scenery. It has yeah. got the most beautiful scenery in the entire, in all of Peru. Wow. Because you've got jungles, you've got massive mountain tops with snow and you're in the clouds and all yeah. that sort of stuff. All these other sort of paths, they don't have that. So the thing with this Alcantara Trail is that it takes a long time it takes a lot of effort, yeah. but it's got the greatest reward at the end of it wow. throughout the day. So we did the Salpintai Trail because what's the point of taking yeah, yeah. a bus? What's the point of taking a train? That's the smooth path. Yeah. Because you can get to Machu Picchu. <laughs> I love that. What's yeah. the point? You what's can get point? to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Great. You've had no journey there. You've yeah. got to the destination, but your journey's been listening to your music on the bus. Cool. Yeah. This Salpintai Trail completely makes you, it changes you as a person. 
there's no showers. Yeah. You have to do some awkward stuff, let's just say that, <laughs> just generally living. And the first night, you have to camp in minus five degree weather. Oh, it's cold. Like, it's cold over there. Yeah. It's really cold, but you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But it was 100% one of the best things I've ever done and the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It's interesting what Jay just said, like, why yeah. would you want to pick the easy path? And I agree, he's right. And you need to really resonate that information. Of course. If, you, if it's easy, is it worth doing? So right now, there's a lot of people jumping on this 5K run and yeah, I've got a medal for it. 5K is not a lot, my five-year-old did that. So here's a question, there's no achievement in that. I'm sorry to say, don't pick the easy part. If you want to do it, step it up to a marathon. Do two marathons. I was watching a series on TED. There's a marathon in the North Pole. Do you know what I mean? There's extreme, extreme challenges of is the big thing right now. Because you know why? People are pushing themselves to their limits. Yeah. So it's a question of if it's easy and you come out and it was easy, is it worth doing? Of course. And I want to share that. That's my takeaway from that. Guess wow. what? If it's easy path, it's not worth doing. Wow. Wow. For me, I guess I want to say this in closing that the alternative path is not always the easiest one but it's the most rewarding one because you get to know yourself. Some people are afraid to know themselves because they know they have to work at things. Mm. And man, I just want to congratulate you for, for doing that because a few people actually are willing to do that at your age and come out strong and come out with something that's a takeaway. So don't come back and then start conforming to yeah. how things are done here. That's true. Remains true and strong to yourself. So yeah, that is that. In closing, thank you guys for listening. This is Mind Fuel. We've done. Thank you. Boom. Boom. I like it. <laughs>